to the PM Mastery Podcast. This podcast is all about helping you master your project management skills by sharing tips, tricks, tools, and training to get you to the next level while sharing the stories of other project managers on their journey in project management. And now, here's your host, Walt Sparling. Welcome, everybody, to the current episode of PM Mastery. And today, I'm sitting down with Sarah McLaughlin. Is that right? That's right. Perfect. So Sarah helps people in their careers through uh, working them with their CVs or resumes, as we know. They can, she can also help you with your LinkedIn profile. And there's a lot of other things that I'm going to let her explain to you. But before we dive into the details, uh, Sarah, if you could tell us a little bit about who you are as a person outside of what you do. Okay, so outside of what I do, I'm a mum of two boys, um, busy looking after my family, looking after the house. I've got a dog, uh, just enjoy socialising and um, really busy, basically. Two kids, yes, and a dog. That that right there is a little <laughs> bit of work in itself. All right, so then, then what is it that you do? So I've been working in recruitment for nearly 20 years. Um, so I cover everything from sort of general recruitment, all the practices in HR, uh, through to personalised services, which are unique for individuals. So I help people with job search, um, support with interviews, all the methodology around that, um, mock interviews and any support that anyone needs. Uh, it, it helps people land promotions, goes, you know, get them into a new venture or, uh, you know, a new, new, even a new career path. So it's all the um, hurdles come up against throughout that. Um, and, you know, we never really get any support with our careers. It's the one thing we never get any training on really at school, apart from that conversation of what do you want to be? So it's really good that I've got this experience and I can help people with that. Awesome. I, fortunately, I work for a company that is, they're a little more focused on helping the people grow, but a lot of, co- a lot of companies do not have the resources or necessarily the interest in putting that together. So it's great to have someone that has your uh, abilities and uh, skill sets out there. And I, Recall that you and I met because we're both in a PM group on Facebook and you had listed that you had started a new group to basically talk about your services. And that's how we met. And then I went over there for a little while. And then I said, Hey, this would be a good thing to share with my audience that maybe you could provide some assistance for them. So that's why you're here. Yes. Thank you. Now, as far as what you do, it's one of the questions that I ask is why. So some people do it for money, fame, power, but what is your drive and motivator for doing what you do? I think it's it's obviously all of those things, um, but I think it's really important to enjoy what you do. And I love networking with people. I love helping people. And there's nothing better than finding someone their ideal job. There's nothing more satisfying when someone calls up and says, you know, sorry, I've landed that job. I had that interview. And, you know, especially if it's life changing to someone, it's a really good feeling. That's great. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good motivator. Now, you're obviously you've been in recruiting a long time. You you help people. How is it that you keep up with what you do, like keep up on the trends or, or education? How do you go about that? So. All of the things on social media are brilliant. Actually, there's loads of free trainings, um, being part of groups like we are. 
Uh, and obviously, industry training for recruiters. There, there are qualifications and um, updates in um, you know all the systems and processes. Just keeping up to date with training, really, and uh, just speaking to people and constantly networking. If you had to narrow down to whether it's in your normal recruiting aspect or when you're helping people, what are what are some of the biggest struggles that you deal with personally? Uh, I would say that since COVID. There's been a massive change in minds, you know, mindset and people shifting what they want and prioritising. And I think it gave us all a big time, uh, you know, a big bit of time there to reflect on what we do and how much of a work-life balance we've got, we want. And, uh, you know, that's changed a lot for, for people. So there's a couple of things, really. I would say that one of those is that people really want a good deal from their employers and they, they want that work-life balance. And it gave people time to reassess what they have and think, well, actually, maybe this company isn't great for me. So there's a lot of people that want to change currently, I would say. But it's also took time for people to get that confidence again. So I would say that even though there's been people recruiting the last few years, people have also been nervous to make that change and break away because they feel secure in their companies. I think people also worried that if they changed and made a mistake or the grass isn't always greener, that they've been with a company for X amount of time and it might be a risk to them to change. And that, so they don't take that leap, you know, and also I think imposter syndrome, a lot of people, I see that throughout their careers massively. People really look at jobs and really want to go for something, but they see these job descriptions. Sometimes they've got so many words in them that are complicated and so much jargon or, and they, instead of looking beyond that and thinking, you know, my skills really do reflect this job description and break it down, they, they sit back and they they don't do that. So then attracting those people and getting people to make the jump is also challenging. So it's interesting you brought up a few points. So in the last interview I did, I, I uh, interviewed Brandon Burke and Amanda Sherman, and they, Amanda actually co-hosts for me occasionally. And we talked about the interview process for, uh, it could be any job, but PM specifically. And one of the topics was the job description. So there's two aspects of the job description. Don't be too intimidated by it, but understand what the minimum asks are. So if they say that uh, you're going to work in the office five days a week, don't show up and tell them, well, I really am a virtual person. And, or if you're in, if the interview said it's a, a entry level APM role, don't show up and then ask for a senior level position. And I've had all of these happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you just wasted the entire panel's time because you didn't. And hoping that they thought maybe they'd go in and they could maybe get that senior job, even though the job position opening was an APM. And I can tell you that 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 doesn't happen. It is what it is. But the descriptions that they put in uh, the job is mm-hmm. sometimes I look at that and go, oh, I'm not going to apply. There's no way mm-hmm. I could do all that. Yeah. Yet I've taken a chance on a couple and then you interview and you find out, oh, this this is not nearly as scary as what the description said. And the way yes. they did, they made it sound much more complex, but it was really pretty basic stuff. Yes. So there's definitely some truth to that. Definitely. Let's talk a little bit more in depth about what you do. And uh, you've mentioned you can help people with their resume. You can help people with interviewing. Uh, And some of this may have been what you said, and and you and I had had a little conversation ahead of time. If I gave you some scenarios, 
you tell me what kind of stuff you do or what kind of services you provide for that. Okay. Yep. So someone who's been working in the industry for a while, now they want to decide they want to get a promotion within their own company. And they're not confident that their resume is up to snuff. And one of the things we've talked about in the past on here is your resume should be in line with your LinkedIn. So I'm not sure your thoughts on that. But to me, you should present a united front. So if they came to you and said, I want to I interview, what would you offer to them as a way to help them work towards that promotion? Okay, so I would offer... Uh, first of all, I always offer a free alignment call, which is normally around 30 minutes, just to make sure that we're aligned with one another and that I can genuinely help this person. Because there are people that come to me that for one reason or another, they they, they think they might be ready to do this. But when actually I start trying to work them more, need them to take some kind of action or give me some information, they're putting up all these blocks, you know. So I do that just to make sure that I can genuinely help someone. I don't want to waste anyone's time or mine. Um, so I do that first of all. Um, and then I would start with their CV and then just talk about them, have you know, have a have a conversation with them about what they really want, you know, what aspects of their job they're enjoying, why they're thinking about changing, um, and try and get to the root of it and see what's going on. Um, and then you know, offer the things that I think will help. So it might be that, like you say, that their CV is not aligned with their LinkedIn and you wouldn't believe how many people that send me a CV and then I check their LinkedIn and it's totally different, different job titles, um, employment dates, you know, all of these kind of things. And of course, some of these things are just by accident. You know, you, you don't always remember an exact date of when you, mm-hmm. you know, finished with a company. Um but some of those things are so important and it just puts triggers for potential employers that it's, you know, not always totally truthful or honest. So obviously the CV is the first bit that I would go through. Um, and then I would go through anything personal to them, what interviews, you know, what sort of companies they might want to work for. And then I can look at how I might help them get into those companies, whether that's um, then improving their, their uh, approach to companies um, there's more than one way of just seeing a job online and just applying for that job. There's loads of other ways we can contact and get our CVs and ourselves out in front of companies. And then obviously all the support that goes around that, getting people into the interviews, prepping them ahead of it. Um, you know, it might also be qualifications. I might notice some qualifications that are, you know, obvious to me that they don't have that supports the work they've done. And it might mean that they need to go away and take some action before they're ready to do that next role. Okay. Yeah. The uh qualifications. And I know we talked a little bit about sometimes the qualifications are way bigger than needed. One of the things like when I post, I work with a ton of people that are highly educated uh, and some are more experienced. So when I see a, a job description, it says four years, deg- four year degree in engineering or architecture and five years experience. So one of the things I do is I go in say the same thing because it's a, it's a, almost of a template that we use. And then I go, or equivalent experience. And I always look for that when I look at uh, job postings, just to say, or equivalent, because if that's, I, I personally do not have a four-year degree. I have a two-year degree and most of my, uh, how well I've done has been through experience. So I'm not going to waste their time or my time if that's really a requirement. So I think the, the ors can be, and or ors can be a big thing in the job description. Yes, definitely. Now you have someone that interviews for a new job. It sounds like a lot of those services that you would offer for someone looking for promotion would be the same as someone starting out from scratch. 
review their CV or resume, as we call it over here. Mm-hmm. Um, trust me, that threw me off for a while. What is a CV? I had to Google it when I first heard of it. Um, make sure your LinkedIn profile is in alignment. And there are services, and I don't know if this is part of this part of yours, but there's uh, services online that you can actually send them your resume and they will recommend, or actually you can pay them to edit your LinkedIn profile or write you up a new resume. Now, is that, would that be a service that you would provide or are you more of a, let me recommend what you should do? For CVs, I can do it for them. But with the LinkedIn profiles, I can recommend what they should do. And it's, it's, it's usually better done by this person because mm-hmm. um, obviously it's a personal account and uh, it just works better, but I can totally give them direction on what, what, how things should look definitely and how to improve the way it looks. Good deal. All right. So do you want to add any specific things that maybe we haven't talked about that you do? I would just say that anything around the career, uh, the field of career, you know, I've got so much experience, whether it's been through uh, speaking to project managers or dealing with hiring managers as well. You know, if you want tips on what hiring managers are looking for and, and uh, you know, how to approach companies, how to get your CV out to multiple companies rather than doing one individual application, which is a brilliant time time management saving, time saving, uh, you know, that's another thing that I offer. Uh, there's ways to do that and, and really good approaches to companies and, and best practice on those. And one of the things I've been thinking about while we were talking, we were talking about how getting your resume or CV to align with your LinkedIn. As in the PM industry, one of the important things is attention to detail and uh, organization. And if you are, if your career is important to you, then your resume and your LinkedIn should be in alignment. You should keep those up. Uh, that's just a little throw out there. When we look at that, when we interview folks, we will look at their LinkedIn profile and we'll look at their resume. And we've had people where their resume is two years old and go, so is this what you're still doing? No, no, no. I transitioned a few months back or a year back. Yes. Oh, okay. That's not a good start because uh, how, how detailed are you going to be when you get here? Yes, that's right. Yeah. I know that sometimes in some fields, people hold off updating their LinkedIn because it can be, um, well, there's a number of reasons, but I find in recruitment, if they know you've just changed, you know, all of a sudden they know you're going to be looking, you know, you're, you're hiring new people. You're going to want to impress the hiring managers that you've got all these vacancies. And as a recruiter, you can be flooded with inboxes you know from people I'm looking for jobs I'm looking for jobs and sometimes we have to be really careful of what we put out there on LinkedIn and what what jobs we've got and how much detail we put because obviously that that uh that outlet there is the biggest in the industry to for people looking for work you know LinkedIn there's nothing better than looking for work so it's all about our careers so as soon as I put a job up there's loads of inboxes so same as when I'm changing my profile and saying I've started with a new company, people see that and think, oh, you know, Sarah's gone to this company. I wonder if she can get me a job there. And I'll get maybe 100 inboxes that day from people saying, do you remember me? And I worked with you here. Or <laughs> So there are reasons behind that. But I think it is absolutely essential, like you say, that 
we we make sure that our LinkedIn, all those things are important, that we've got our dates on there, that the company name's detailed and our job title especially is the same as what we're saying it is on our CV. Yeah, because that one thing, uh, we've talked about longevity in our last interview. And it was like, well, how do you feel about people that have had six months or a year, and then they have another year and then another year. And it's like, okay, I know the industry is crazy right now with the great resignation. And a lot of people are changing jobs or taking opportunities to grow. And I hope it'll sustain those that make that transition. But if you... And I think maybe some people don't update their resumes because they don't want you to see that they were here a year and then here a year and then here. They just want to say, I've been doing this for three years. Yes. So I guess we weed them out in the interview. We'll ask more detailed questions, but I think it's important still to keep up because if you're in the same job type, I would look at that as growth, especially if you went from like an APM to a PM to a senior PM or maybe Mm -hmm. a of PM with more responsibility and you covered that in your LinkedIn. Uh, so I'm just kind of. So, so we would see that a lot in the UK on, uh, and we've seen a bit of a shift in that now, actually, since I, I don't know if IR35 affects you guys in America or anyone else that's listening, but we have IR35 and it means that we have to be compliant with limited company workers to make sure they're paying the correct taxes and anything that's due from them. Um, and in the UK, there's been a history of project managers working on contract positions and they might be three months to six months. So therefore, you're going to see those short spaces. But as they've got tighter and, and looked into RI35 and made people more compliant, more companies are moving away and they're saying, we're not going to be hiring our people that work on limited company contracts anymore, that work through their own companies. We, we want these people to work for us. So now you're seeing more people in longer term positions working for companies but i would say that shift we're going to see that for the next few years um so i don't know how that is that is that something that you guys face in america or well not not personally but the thing is when you're when you're in roles for a certain amount of time you get used to what's around you and unless you're researching it um i i have not interviewed or worked with anyone that's on a contract basis now we in our company we offer the ability to supplement staffing with what we call variables. So that's basically a contractor hired gun. It's the same company, but they're brought from a different group. They come in for six months or a year, whatever the time frame is to knock something out. And I do know in the one group that we share together, Joe's group, there are a lot of people in there that are basically contractors, hired gun PMs, and they will, they look for contract work. So that would be something good for you to mention in your your interview. If you're if you're interviewing for a contract work, then you should be looking for descriptions that are contract work. But uh, we interviewed someone recently who was a, a self-proclaimed uh, consultant, PM consultant, and that scares me because are you just coming on here because there's a lull and you need to fill a gap and you're still going to be looking for contract work and you're going to jump off or what is your intended future? So I think it's it's right to be honest about what it is you're looking for. But there are there are a lot of people that do just hire me for six months and maybe that's where they get the jazz. And then after that, they're like, okay, I'm tired of this. I've been doing this for six months. I need something new, refresh, especially yes. in maybe a programming environment. Yes. And actually in project management, I see some project managers, and this is why I ask this question on a lot of project management groups. Is there a phase of the project that you prefer working on? Yes, I remember because that. Because I find people that only like working in the planning stage and the early stages of project 
Um, and it might just mean that they actually don't find it very easy working in the later stages or they don't enjoy those parts of the project. So they leave and tend to move around. So they, they're often the people that don't see it from A to B, basically. Yeah. What I find is in our industry, what we do, a lot of people do not like the closeout phase because the closeout phase is collecting all the data, putting it together, meeting the requirements. Uh, so we have CPIs around that. Did you get all the documents? Did you host all the meetings? Did you collect all the warranties? Did you pay off all the invoices? Blah, 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 a whole checklist of stuff. And they're like, oh, it was so much easier just when I did my weekly check-ins, held all my meetings, held people accountable, did all that. And then we got to do the closeout. And then some people dread the, the initializing. Did I get enough information together? Did I kick this yes. off right? Did I invite the right people? You know, am I going to run into issues later? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, there is something about that. I mean, probably for mine, the fav- my favorite would be design because I came from that. I like looking for issues and trying to work through and resolve them before we go into construction. I enjoy the construction part too, and I dread a little bit to close out, but uh, it, it's just it is what it is. You got you got to get go through it. it. <laughs> so. Interesting stuff. So uh, a couple more things I want to do. So uh, one, I want to uh, talk about the Did You Know, which is our normal show thing. Then you had mentioned earlier that you had a little special that you would offer out to listeners. So I want to talk about that. Okay, great. And the uh, third item is we're just going to have you kind of talk about what your resources are as far as how to get a hold of you. And then I'm going to make sure that we put those in the show notes as far as email, Facebook group, et cetera. So let's start with the exciting did you know. So the did you know that I found that was really exciting is, and especially for all the project managers, anyone listening, is that up to to 2027, there is 2.0 million project management or project management type roles that are to be filled across the world, okay? So it's one of the most asked for things it's absolutely even if it's a skill and you've you've had done project management as an add-on as a, and you've done planning or engineering and then you're looking to go into project management it's it's absolutely needed ahead of that we've got all the all the ones we don't expect like teaching and nursing but project management is next basically so if you're thinking about getting into project management at the moment it's a great time to do it and if you're looking to sort of go further in your career it's a great time to contact me, basically. <laughs> it's a great, did you know? <laughs> All right. So then let's we'll talk about contacting you. What is your uh, special you wanted to offer? So anyone that's interested in working with me, and uh, it is obviously a uh, one-to-one service that I offer, offer, if they mention your name and that they've heard this podcast, I'll give them 50% off of my normal costs. Now, I won't detail the costs only because I have to do that uh based on what that person wants. So it might just be a one-off call or it might be a series of sessions this person's going to need. But I'll look at that and work with that person and work out something that that works for them and is going to help them. Good deal. Awesome. Cool. I may talk to you a little bit about uh, updating my resume. (laughs) Okay. Yes, no problem. So now if people want to get a hold of you, what are the different ways they can do that? So I would say either my email which is sara.jane, S-A-R-A dot J-A-N-E at live.co.uk or through my uh, Facebook group. Um, and maybe we can drop a link to that somewhere. I'm not sure. I will do that in the show notes. Perfect. Okay. All right. So good deal. 
And I look forward to uh, chatting with you some more, maybe do some resume updates. And uh, one of the things I like to do is when we interview new people is to follow up in a year, see if anything's changed, what kind of stuff is happening. Maybe then you're going to be saying, oh, I've got a new set of uh, offerings that I do or some new advice to give. I'd be happy to do that. Definitely. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of PM Mastery and we'll see you on the next edition. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the PM Mastery podcast at www.pm-mastery.com. Be sure to subscribe in your podcast player. Until next time, keep working on your craft.